Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Trucking 101, surviving your first year with host Melissa Grimm. We'll talk about safety, managing your money, and real life out on the road. Our group has over 100 years of combined real-world driving experience. You've got questions, we've got answers. Now it's time for everyone's favorite DOT officer. 23 years in law enforcement, 7 years as a commercial transport officer. He was a CBSA instructor and has conducted thousands of roadside inspections. He now serves in the driver's side of our industry, Mr. Dale Howard. I'm just doing my job. Yeah, I'm the highway patrol. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Compliance Corner. I am your host, Dale Howard, and I'd just like to thank everybody for tuning in. Tonight we got a real treat for you. We're going to uh, just kind of rehash the... Uh, Stats from uh, Road Check, they're out. And we've got a special guest joining us tonight, Scott Monroe, and we're going to talk about the uh, Special Olympics, which is uh, near and dear to my heart. If, uh, if you've never uh, participated in the Special Olympics uh, convoy, boy, you really owe it to yourself to uh, get on board and, uh, and participate with that. It is just such a special event. They, uh, the kids that uh, that we help are just absolutely amazing people and amazing athletes. When uh, when I was uh, in my career, we got to lead the uh, convoy, and uh, I had the uh, privilege and the honor of having one of our athletes. Uh, accompany me in the truck. We had our uh, T300 command unit. We would take up there, and uh, I would start out from Calgary, and uh, our unit from the north end of the province would uh, uh, lead the uh, Edmonton contingency, and uh, we'd meet up in Red Deer. And uh, what a what a great group of people! Just an absolutely Super life-changing time. And on that note, if Scott is in the uh, in the wings there, why don't we bring him on and uh, get uh, get his take on the uh, Special Olympics? All right, Scott, you are live. Right so, uh, yeah. So, um, I was on hold just a little bit talking with. Uh, Melissa, so uh, Dale, you uh, you were talking about your experience from uh, the law enforcement side or from the trucking side? Uh, law enforcement side. I uh, uh, we would participate in the uh, Special Olympics law enforcement torch relay. So uh, we would jog from uh, Okotoks, Alberta, into downtown Calgary, which is about twenty six kilometers, and uh, raise money for the Olympics. And then, uh, yeah, when I was uh, a uh, commercial transport officer, we would uh, lead the uh, convoy. And just just an amazing group of people. Okay. Well, I've I've uh, taken part from the the trucking side, and I've I've actually uh, taken part both as a driver and uh, as a spectator, which was you know both were very unique experiences uh, it started out a few years ago um, I was driving with Warner at the time and you know for anybody who wants to know how to get in this here's how I got into it I saw a flyer at a truck stop advertising the convoy and so I went to my dispatcher and Warner has uh, you know they do like a company 
participation, so to speak, in Nebraska. A lot of the big companies will have like their own contingency, of, and I, they probably pick their drivers various ways. I, I don't know all the ins and outs there. But I was working on a dedicated account out of Wisconsin, and so I just went to my local dispatcher and uh, brought it up to them. They were on board with it. They got the approvals from their higher-ups and everything, and so that was how I got into my first convoy. And then the second convoy I drove, I was actually with a different company that I'm with now locally. And, again, it was the same thing. I just went to my dispatcher and explained, hey, you know, this is what's going on. Uh, you know, it's we're raising money. It's a huge event, or at least, you know, the one here in Wisconsin is. And then last year I wasn't able to drive it, but I was able to go down as a spectator and, and – uh, so I, I still went down to the staging lanes. I, I got made sure to get a lot of pictures of the trucks, you know, talking to some of the people down there. Um, you know, Dale, like you were talking about with the uh, the torch run, uh, the Wisconsin leg also has that incorporated. They run the, the torch into the staging area uh, before they hold the driver's meeting and such. And then while last year while they were doing the driver's meeting, I took off, went up north, uh, you know, along the route, and it was, you know, a good half hour before the convoy was even supposed to go there or come through, and you could already see just every frontage road, bridge overpass, any place there was a spot to watch, you were seeing people already setting up early to watch, you know, the Wisconsin Lake has over 200 trucks in it, and they were just lining up to watch it come through. And then I ended up stopping at a, a gas station for a, a bit of a break before I went to go set up an, on an overpass myself. And so I got to hear some of these uh, just the regular travelers that were coming through that had no idea what was going on. And, you know, so I, I got to talk to them. And, you know, there's a few of them that even decided to, to hang out with me over on the overpass where I set up uh, to come watch the, the convoy roll through. And it took, I think, about close to 15 minutes from the first state patrol officer leading the convoy until the last state patrol officer bringing up the rear for the entire 200 trucks to come through. So oh, that's kind of been my... Yeah, it's, it's a huge event. And did you get a chance to interact with any of the athletes? Not personally. I mean, I, I did get to get up uh well actually no i take that back um on my second year that i drove it uh there was an athlete from the green bay area where i live who was walking through trying to find uh you know other local trucks and he noticed that you know my company was from green bay and no it's not big orange it's a small local company but he saw it there and uh, i had my truck i had some decorations put up onto the grill and so he wanted to get a, a picture with me and you know the front of my truck where i i decorated it and so that was a, a rather humbling experience oh these these are the most amazing people that you will ever meet in your life uh, you know, these athletes just give their heart and soul to, uh, you know, the events they're, com they're competing in. And they're, uh, I, I just can't, uh, you know, I just can't suggest it enough. If, if anybody can get involved with it, it's, it's incredible to see the effort that uh, these athletes put into, uh, into their sports. And, oh, very much you know, so. The challenges that they've overcome to get to where they are, oh, these are just amazing, amazing people. Yeah, I haven't actually been to any of the, the actual Special Olympic Games. Uh, well, I take that back when I was in high school. Uh, I worked at one of the games, but that was so far back, I don't really remember much about it other than the fact that I was there helping out and, you know, kind of behind the scenes. But uh, yeah, just seeing, you know, at least the, the Wisconsin League, they had, you know, about a dozen of the athletes or so that would come to, you know, check out the, the sites uh, like what you guys did. They will, you know, ride along in some of the trucks. And, 
yeah, you're right. You can see, you know, just, you know, everything that they're overcoming and, you know, the passion that they have it, you know, themselves in taking part. Oh, yeah, it's uh, it's just amazing. Like, it's you'll never see uh, a group with more heart in it uh, than these, these athletes. And it was such a humbling experience uh, for us in law enforcement to be involved with it. Because we take so much for granted, and you know when you uh, when you look at what they've had to uh, overcome, it uh, it's uh, it's been uh, uh, yeah it's been such a such a humbling experience. And in just you know the few convoys that I've seen, I mean you, you see you know just about the same kind of, you know, passion from a lot of the truckers. I mean, it's because it's not always all the drivers just, you know, you, you go up, you know, meet for a few minutes and then head out. I mean, they're bringing out the show trucks. They're decorating, you know, all up and down. I know that there's, uh, you know, one or two uh, companies at least on, on our convoy that have, uh, you know, actual Special Olympics trailers, basically just, you know, rolling billboard for the event that, you know, they bring out to to run up the road in this. And, you know, just the amount of fundraising they do for it. Uh, I know last year it was like $120,000, $130,000 that was raised just on the Wisconsin event. And they hold these convoys all over the U.S. and Canada. Oh, absolutely. And it's, uh, I know uh, in the... Uh, Alberta chapter, they uh, auction off the uh, lead truck is uh, goes to whoever raises the most money for the uh, Special Olympics, and it's incredible, you know, the amount of money that uh, guys raise just so they can, uh, you know, they can be the first, you know, vehicle uh, in the event. I I was lucky. I, I was technically the first truck by default, but. <laughs> Only because yep. I had the fancy light package on my truck. Oh yeah. Well, and the way they do it, the Wisconsin one is, uh, it's just a straight up auction for the top position. So these are people that have already, you know, made their donations and fundraising uh, at the base level, and now they're still just, you know, throwing thousands of dollars you know, additional right there on the spot to the charity, you know, just to get those top three positions. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a very special event. It's just near and dear to my heart. And, yeah, for anyone that that wants to take part and is, you know, wondering where to go, most of these convoys, they happen at the end of Truck Driver Appreciation Week. So this year, I think it's September 19th, the Saturday. Um, there are Actually, it's the 16th. Have, I looked it up. Oh, the 16th. Oh, okay. Sorry. My, yeah. my mistake. But, uh, no problem. And there are some that happen uh, you know, before. I think there's one or two that happen as late as in October. Uh, but if you go just... Do a, a Google search for you know Special Olympics World's Largest Convoy. Uh, you can pull up information for the various chapters. Uh, I know, I, and Melissa, I, I one of the links I sent you, if you're able to put it up on the the, the Facebook page, uh, should link to all the different chapters, both in U.S. and Canada, that are that participate. Um, I know OIDA and their uh, or their radio program the the landline now website they actually do a calendar of events that you know list the convoys by date and i've seen even other charity convoys on their site before so you know if you're not doing special olympics i've seen there's what uh, convoy the, for the cure which is a cancer convoy that i've seen up on you know their site before so uh, and, and there's other charity convoys out there too you know not just special olympics so you know, if this is something that somebody wants to take part in, because these are just amazing events, you know, just whatever charity you like, you know, Special Olympics and uh, Convoy for the Cure are probably the two biggest ones that I'm familiar with in the trucking industry. 
Uh, Wounded Warrior Project, I think, even has a couple. So, yeah, just you know, do, do some searching and you know, might be surprised at what you find. Well, and, and you know what? It's, uh, it's a great time for our industry to shine. You know, we we typically, and hey, we've all been on Facebook, you know, we, we typically don't shine that well. And and nobody gets to see all the good things that trucking does. And it, uh, you know, it's just a great time to uh, to shine and show them, you know what, hey, we're, we're responsible human beings, and we care just as much, if not more, than... Uh, you know the public does for uh you know for a great cause and trucking always steps up to the plate so yeah it's it's a really good opportunity to get involved and and show the public that uh you know what we're a respectable part of the industry but i'm sure the the, the people are having to drive along that are having to drive alongside us here at the convoy are, are wondering why the heck are you know taking up so much of the right lane, but eh, it's for a good cause, and I think most people eventually get the idea. Well, and it's and it's funny because we've always uh, you know we've always got patrol units to uh, you know making a, a very high presence uh, for these events, and and yeah, we uh, we always make sure that. Uh, that uh, you know, trucking has their best foot forward and and is portrayed in a positive light, you know, for these events. Because we do, uh, you know, we do get phone calls from the public complaining, and you know, there's there's always one that uh, you have to set straight and say, you know what, no, this is this is an awesome charity event that we're doing, and sorry you're going to be late, but yeah, they. The uh, the satisfaction you get with uh, you know taking an athlete for a ride, and uh, you know for a couple of years I had uh, I had the same young man and, and you know I just learned so much from him, just just an awesome awesome individual and a little annoying he kept playing with the siren but you know what it uh, <laughs> it was it was all good it was all good. And it's uh, like I say, it's uh, it was just such a humbling experience to be in his presence and just to feel the energy that uh, and the excitement that he, you know, that that was just so genuine for uh, for uh, you know his sport that he was so passionate about. Oh yeah, that's well, and that's just. You know anybody that's been associated with any of these events? I mean, everybody. I mean, it's just smiles ear to ear. You know, every time you turn around. Yeah, yeah. These uh, these young men and women just yeah are just so just so appreciative that we have taken time out of our busy days and our busy lives because you know what, everybody's got a life and everybody's got shit to do, but. Uh, you know they're very grateful that uh, you know we care enough about them to uh, you know to show up at their events and support them. It's uh, yeah, I've uh, I've just never been so humbled and and to hear their stories because the uh, you know where their events wrap up, they're uh, you know they're always there and yeah. It's uh, I get a lump in my throat just talking about it. Yeah, one of these days I'm probably yeah. gonna go check it out. Yeah, uh, we always we've done a few episodes where we talk about the uh, the fun side of trucking and the good side of trucking, and this is just one of those things where uh, truckers can give back and have fun. So I appreciate you, Scott, uh, bringing up this topic. It's a really good thing to talk about and get get the word out. Uh, and you know, I you know appreciate you guys. You know, let me come on and you know talk about this with you. And you know, like I said, if if anybody's you know curious about doing this, all you gotta do is just hey, if there's if there's one in your area, talk to your dispatcher because you know most of these companies are. Act, I mean, we get a lot of of you know 
pushback between dispatchers. I mean, they're, you hear those stories all the time in the industry, but at least in my experience, when, you know, talking to the, you know, my companies about this, they've been very open and welcoming to let me take part of this. So, I mean, you know, don't be afraid to take that initiative if you want to, you know, go take part yourself. Right, and I'll get those links up on the Facebook page. I'm in a sketchy signal area, so it might be tomorrow, but I will definitely get them up there. Okay. Okay, well, Scott, uh, all right, thank Scott, you. thanks very much for coming on. Appreciate you. Right, thanks. Have a good one. Don't worry, and Scott, Sorry. yeah, thank you very much for, uh, for uh, you know, bringing this up and, and putting it back on the radar because it's uh, – it is just an incredible event, and I, uh, yeah, I just can't put that out enough that it's, uh, if you're uh, anywhere near one of these events, and you know what, for whatever reason you can't participate, please, uh, you know, jump in your personal vehicle and go on over and, and show some support, and, and you will be touched and moved uh, by the whole experience. Don't forget, if you want to jump into the conversation, push one and uh, Melissa will get you in the queue and uh, what I've got uh, for uh, today's show is uh, the press press release from uh, CBSA the uh, commercial vehicle safety alliance who uh, put on road check uh, 2017 and it's uh, it's all the uh, law enforcement agencies that uh, are accredited uh, CBSA uh, inspectors that uh, participate in uh, in road check and you know it's a three-day event and it's the uh, worst kept secret of law enforcement so there's really no excuse for uh, anybody to be put out of service in road check because I can go out on a limb and I can tell you exactly when Road Check 2018 is. So just let me bring up my calendar here, folks, and uh, you know, mark uh, mark your calendars because I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say that June 5th, 6th, and 7th in 2018, there is going to be a lot of inspectors out doing inspections. So you heard it here first. So the uh, law enforcement in Canada, the U.S., and Mexico participate in road check. It's a three-day, 72-hour blitz, and they focus on uh, the standard level one inspection, which is a 37-step inspection procedure. And uh, for, uh, for this year's event... There was 62,000 vehicles, 62,013 level one, two, and three inspections conducted in road check. Now, there's roughly 5 million vehicles that are eligible for a level one, two, or three inspection, and only 62,013 were selected. So I have to, you have to ask yourself, self, why would somebody park their truck and deliberately stay home and give up revenue because of road check? I mean, run the odds. You have a better odds of hitting the Powerball than you do getting an inspection. So if you did get an inspection in road check, I hope you ran out and bought a lottery ticket because it's nothing to be afraid of. And we go over how to do a proper pre-trip inspection on the show, and it's just, it's nothing to be feared of. But anyway, uh, this year, 23% of the vehicles were placed out of service, and 4.2% of the drivers were placed out of service. Um, This year's focus was cargo securement. And the, uh, the top violations for cargo securement were uh, no or improper securement, uh, fail to secure vehicle equipment, 
which would be uh, cars, machinery, uh, you know, anything that was classed as a vehicle. Um, leaking, spilling, blowing, or falling off cargo, uh, Section 281. Um, insufficient tie-downs to prevent forward movement for the load or the load not blocked by uh, bulkhead or cargo. And uh, the good old catch-all, failure to secure uh, the load. Um, there were 710 seatbelt violations. Really? Wow. Really? There's 710 of you not wearing your seatbelts on road check week? Hello? Really? The worst kept secret in trucking history? For three days you can't even wear your seatbelt? Come on, guys. Jeez. Uh, brake systems were uh, 29, or sorry, 26.9% of the violations. Uh, cargo securement was 15.7. Tires and wheels were 15.1. Uh, brake adjustment, we are getting better. Uh, it's 14.5%. Uh, uh, lighting devices, 11.6%. And again, you know, pre-trip here, folks. And yes, I understand lights burn out, but come on, let's do a better job on our pre-trips. Again, if you want to jump into the conversation, please push one, and Melissa will get you uh, screened. I'm going to jump in here real quick, Dale. Absolutely. So uh, anyway, you were talking about brakes and and all that, which I recently had uh, an inspection um, here uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, little bitty scale that is never open, and I mean never open. I mean I almost blew by this thing. It's in a weird position, and if you don't pay attention, you don't see it. Well, he wasn't even standing out there waving, but he had a sign out that he was open. So I pulled in there and walked in, and I and I could see he didn't. Not that he was being lazy. It was hot, and he really didn't want to do anything. He said, "Yeah, I seen you out there. I just wasn't going to come wave at you." But anyway, he said, since you're here, you know, I said, come on, brother. You know, that's why I pulled in. I'm not afraid of you. And, uh, you know, but I got him, you know, I got him laughing. I got him tickled a little bit. And I, he, you know, saw I wasn't afraid of him and what have you. And he's like, well, let's do a little of inspection here. You know, let's do a level three. I said, no, come on. We're going we're gonna to upgrade it a little bit. And he's like, what? I said, have you ever seen a brake safe? He's like, no. I said, you're fixing to. Yeah, you know, and then I toured the man. Today's your lucky day. Yeah, you know, and come on, let's go around this truck and look, you know, and, you know, but I mean, there was, you know, nothing to the inspection, you know, like you said, when people are going home, you know, I don't get that either. Uh, the only reason I, I, now I usually miss that, but there is an event that I go do that usually falls at the same time. Uh, there's a big event where I, uh, I usually go provide uh, ham radio support for, but, um, yeah, the guy had never seen brake safe. Uh, I don't remember how long he's uh, been doing it uh, as an officer, but he, he'd, he'd never run into it. So, but anyway, hey, I learned a couple of things. He learned a couple of things. Inspection uh, went quick. We ran our mouths more than we inspected, and uh, but we did our job, you know, and, and I went on. Now, but, now um, did you, uh, were, you, were you shot during the inspection? <laughs> I, I was not shot. I, no, okay. I was not shot. Were no? you beaten? Physically assaulted no, during the. Okay. No. no did abs? Did he absolutely not? Now, did he walk around with a knife and was he cutting brake lines or stabbing tires or <laughs> any of that? No. No. Really? He, wasn't, he, he acted. A, he acted a hair surprised, and I was like, "Oh no, let me show you something." And at first, he acted a little bit surprised, and then he's like, "Come on, let's go," you know, <laughs> and uh, well. Boy, that, so, that I'm I'm confused because you know when you when you listen to the chicken little crowd, you know they're all law enforcement is to out there to screw you over, and they'll find you know they'll they'll create a problem just to just to, how many tickets did you come out of there with? Oh, absolutely none. Hey, I came out of there with a handshake, a smile, and he offered to come on the show sometime. How about that? So. So obviously the guy was a fraud and an imposter because he couldn't have been a real inspector. 
Evidently, uh, evidently, he didn't actually work for the state of Kansas. <laughs> yeah. He, you know, was this the guy that uh, offered to come on the show for us? Yes, yes, yes. He was. He was the okay. guy that. Yeah, he said. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he said if Dale can't ever make it, he said if he's got enough warning, said uh, he'll be more than happy to come on and talk. Well, you know, outstanding, and, and we really should bring him on because it's. Yeah, it's you know, I I never tried to be the big bad boogeyman when I put a uniform on. And, you know, it's, I've said it on the show a thousand times, you get one chance to make a first impression. So you, we don't pull into these inspection sites looking like a wounded gazelle. We don't jump out of the truck and start yelling and screaming at the guy. We don't jam our finger in his chest and remind him that you pay his wages and he should be out there catching real criminals. Uh, yeah. It's, it's amazing that, Boy, you were it sounded like you were treated like a human being. Who'd have thought? Yeah, wow, yeah, man. I was. Really, really. Yeah, Come on, that's just crazy talk. I'm telling you, isn't it crazy? No, I, you know, I, actually, I think he thought I was crazy when I said, "Hey, let me show you something." <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? He he was pleased that I showed him a new piece of equipment. So, and I went in and I actually reset them. Uh, except for one, I, I, I've had I had one come off. So, but I reset the rest of them, and I went in there. I popped my brakes, and I said, "Let's go look at them." He's like, "Look at this." I said, "You see this? I just made your life easy." <laughs> you see one of these on the truck? <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. And it's and it and, it just goes to now he understands that you know when I see this yeah. product, I can see that somebody actually cares enough about their equipment and compliance. To be compliant, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he, he, yeah, you know, I mean, he was thrilled to death, and you know, while we're walking around, and I mean, he's doing his thing, but I mean, we're talking fishing, hunting, uh, just you know, we're having a good old boy conversation, you know, and we're doing the, you know, and the inspection, and I walked around with him. Of course, I hit the brakes whenever I needed to hit the brakes or whatever, but you know, uh, I was like, come on, man, let's go. Hey, you know, let's find something. Let's find something wrong with the truck. I'm not daring you to find something wrong with the truck, but hey, come on, let's look. I'm not, you know, I, I mean, I came across as, hey, I'm not scared. I know you're here to do your job. You know, let's have fun doing it. Let's have a good time doing it. That's it. Uh, what what a concept. What a concept. Yeah. <laughs> well, and 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 I and I'm just looking at uh, at my old department. Must be getting ready to go out there and screw some of the industry over because I see he's got a nice shiny patrol car and. Yeah, it just uh, that just galls me to no end when I hear that comment because I never put on a uniform and said, you know what, I'm going to go out and screw a truck driver today. I put my uniform on and thought, well, let's go out and see what happens. Right. You know, we had one problem, and I'm not I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. We had one problem out of a DOT officer, but guess what? We weren't in a commercial vehicle when it happened. We had one problem. Yep. And in all our career, Becky was pulling a fifth wheel. I was pulling a sailboat with no license plate uh, on the back of it because it kept falling off, so I had it sitting in the truck. I mean, I could go on and on and on. And she kept he kept her on the road for 45 minutes. Being, I mean, yep. it got so bad I was recording it. But that was it. That's the only sure. time I've ever had any problems. And we, weren't a, and we weren't a commercial vehicle. I don't know if the man was having a bad day. She was nice. She was polite. But... You know what? You know, and, and are are there bad officers? Absolutely, there are. Did we have did we have unprofessional officers in our department? Absolutely, we did. Did we have to counsel officers? Absolutely. Um, you know, are there dumb truck drivers? A lot around. You know, there might be a couple. So, you know, it's. Uh, I can tell you that law enforcement spends thousands and thousands of dollars on the recruiting process to weed out people that should not have a badge. Do people slip through the cracks? You bet they do. Um, I can honestly say getting into law enforcement, it was the hardest job I ever got and it was the easiest job to lose. And, and they reminded us of that fact on day one in the academy. This is the hardest job to get, 
and the easiest one to lose. So, yeah, I I would like to say that 99% of enforcement is professional and has the right at- attitude. And you know what? Can anybody have a bad day? You bet. Did I have bad days? You bet I did. Was I unprofessional? You bet I was. Uh, a quick story, I was called out to a fatal accident. I watched a guy burn to death, and I had about an hour's sleep. Was up all night. I had a girlfriend coming over for a sleepover. Missed that. Was a little cranky. And uh, a guy drove around the roadblocks and wound up in the middle of my accident. And was I very professional? Not a chance. And I was lucky enough to be able to pull him over two days later and apologize to him for my behavior because it it was unacceptable. I was tired. I was grumpy. I just watched a guy burn. I, you know, I I can come up with a million excuses on why I behaved the way I behaved. Was any of it justified? Absolutely not. Was I wrong? 100% 100% in the wrong. I should not have been that unprofessional. And I got a chance to make it right. Not every officer gets a chance to make it right. So before you push one and, and, and start jumping in with all your bad experiences, it's, um, well, or maybe, you know what, hit one, and, and we can certainly talk about that too tonight. But it's, uh, you know, we're all human beings, and certainly, uh when I go to walk on the water, I drop like a rock. So I, uh, I didn't, uh, didn't do well in that. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was in the same position I, being, uh, fi- being, uh, being firefighter paramedic, you know, um, yeah, I mean, you brought up a good point. You know, you got, you got to take into consideration, uh, what that man's gone through, that man or woman has gone through that day. You don't know. No, nope. you know, I mean, you know, law enforcement, firefighters, paramedics see stuff that you, I promise you, don't want to see. Oh, I, I have seen things that no human being should ever have to see, and I have done things that no human being should ever have to do. And but you know yep. what? That's that doesn't give me an excuse to not be professional. And I mean, that's, that's why right. the department paid me the mediocre bucks was to keep it together, and. Uh, and uh you know not take out my frustrations so yeah it's uh no great point russ it's you know we have no idea what what that trooper or what that officer has just just come from but uh you know that still doesn't make it right no you're I, no you're right i and like i said i wasn't defending it but you know uh, you know on the other side too you know cut them a little slack you know, cut them a little yep. slack. Like I said, talk to them. Say, hey, you know, can we tone this back? I mean, pol- I'm telling you, be polite. Don't be rude. You know, but and you know, and you know what? If I, if they're not if ahead. they're not acting professional, then just you be professional, and at least there's one professional on scene. Exactly. Don't, uh, you know, it's the same as getting into it with a driver. You know what? Don't don't stoop to their level to uh, to get into it. And I bite my tongue when I get close to the lunch counter at the TA because I don't want to deduct 80 points off my IQ and sit there and listen to that go on. So, yeah, I just, you know, just be professional. And uh, if they're not, they're lost, not yours. All right, Dale, I got a question for you. Okay. I've been, uh, I've been driving for nine years, and I've had a limited experience with uh, DOT. I've been expected three or four times over the nine-year period, uh, twice during road check. And uh, they have been nothing but nice to me. I'm in like 100% professional, no bad experiences to report whatsoever. And I have been told that it is because I am a girl. So (laughs) am I being treated nicely because I'm a girl? Am I in a separate little bubble? No. No, Melissa, I would would like to say that since I know you, that you are somebody special, but really you're no you're nobody really special except to your dogs. Well, and and, yeah. and Russ and Becky and I, Russ and Becky and I, all go out on a limb there. But okay. yeah, it's uh, you're. Uh, <laughs> well, 
you're uh, I would I would hope that uh, you're treated no differently and and I certainly did my utmost to treat everybody with respect until you tre- until you showed me that you were just not going to be happy being treated with respect and then you know we uh, we uh, conducted the stop to uh, give you the most satisfaction that you demanded but uh, certainly in a professional way that, that, and you know what it's it's just like good. burger king folks it's 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 just like burger king you can have it your way and i've had traffic stops and contrary to popular belief um, there's only one or two offenses where you know i considered that the unpardonable sin that you were going to get a ticket for no matter what because it's it's just so blatant and there's just no excuse for it you know that i had my mind made up and and you were getting a coupon for that but for 90 probably 95% of my traffic stops i i had no preconceived notion and and you would not believe the amount of drivers that are not happy until they're leaving with a ticket as a good public service servant it was my duty to serve and if you're not going to be happy without a ticket then far be it from me to ruin your day again yep. I'll kill him here you, <laughs> you you set the stage you know and and you can't have it your way if you're bound to determine you're getting a ticket I can assure you that officer will do his best to oblige you know and the, oh, yes, and some will. things yeah you know and some things you just you know are kind of kind of written in stone and there's really nothing you can do and you know I've written tickets where I've genu- genuinely felt bad but you know what it it had to be done but uh yeah I I walked up and and uh you know if you were truthful and uh and uh rule uh, number 11 if you're counting folks is thou shalt not lie to the police cuz we already know the question to the uh, we already know the answer to the question we're going to ask you so it's uh be truthful and uh if you've screwed up you've screwed up and uh that just goes to uh, uh anything in your day-to-day life um, you know you're a new driver and you rub somebody's fender and you think nobody's looking well you know what fess up cuz it's it's you're in a lot less trouble if you pick up the phone and go you know what I've screwed up than if you just stick it in gear and hope for the best and hope nobody nobody saw cuz it's going to come back and bite you in the butt and it'll bite you hard uh if you've if you've made a mistake and that was a standing joke in my department that uh, whenever we got a new sergeant they'd draw footprints in front of his desk with a chalk stick just so I knew where to stand when I came in off my shift. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But you know what? It's, uh, I, I learned that, uh, you know, when I, my very first post, the sergeant called me in and said, you know what? If you're stupid and you do something stupid, as soon as you've done it, if you're on the phone to me, and you tell me how much of an idiot you are, we can work with this. If the chief phones me and tells me you're an idiot, boy, you're on your own. And yeah, you, know, you bump a fender, you, you knock some freight over, you do whatever, you get on the phone to safety and compliance and go, you know what, I'm a moron. What are they going to say? You're right. Don't do that anymore. <laughs> They're not going to take away your birthday. So honesty is the best policy, and, and you know what? Fess up. It's not the end of the world. It's only the end of the world when you start lying and trying to get out of it. And the hardest lie, and again, they told us that in the academy, the hardest lie to tell is the first one. And uh, I was in court one day, and I watched a young officer from another agency get caught lying on the stand and that was the end of his career that afternoon because the judge adjourned the case and the duty inspector was summoned and Mm. little junior's career 
was over in five minutes. So, you know, if you've done something, fess up. If you made a mistake, get on the phone and say you made a mistake. Don't try and lie your way out of it because it's just not going to work that well for you. Again, push one if you want to jump in, and we'll uh, we'll get to your calls. Um, otherwise, uh, hours of service in uh, Road Check 2017 were uh, 32% of the violations. A lot of those are form and matter, and we're going to fix that with e-logs on December the 18th. So just uh, hope everybody's ready for that. Uh, wrong class of driver's license was 14.9%. Uh, false logs, 11.3%. Suspended licenses, 3.4%. Drugs and How alcohol. How do you get out there without a suspended license? Well, you know, I'm glad you asked that question, Russ, because if you've got unpaid child support in Tennessee, for example, and you just keep ignoring those registered letters, they'll suspend your driver's license. And you get caught in Colorado, and you've got a suspended license, and uh, you ain't going nowhere until this is sorted out. So if you've got any court issues that are pending or outstanding, uh, don't ignore those, and don't think that by not accepting a registered letter, they're going to go away because I can assure you that uh, the judicial system is fairly tenacious and uh, they will hunt you down and they will get uh, get their, uh, their pound of flesh. So if you've got any court issues pending, don't ignore them. Deal with those. Um, Please don't sign up for the truck stop legal defense fund that's in every truck stop. Uh, you know, you don't need to pay a monthly fee just in case you're going to have a problem with law enforcement. That is the biggest waste of your money that I have ever seen. Uh, you know, if ask yourself, self? Am I getting tickets? And if the answer is yes, then again, ask yourself, self, why am I getting tickets? And then fix that. If you're working for a less than stellar carrier, fix that. Don't be working there anymore. If you're, you know, getting violations for, uh, you know, and tickets for inspection items, then hunt me down on Facebook. It's uh, Dale Howard, or get a hold of me through the Truck Trucking 101 Facebook page, or call Let's Truck, uh, the 88 fuel number, and they'll get, uh, they'll get us in touch, and, uh, you know, I'll do the best I can to fix your problems and get you educated so that uh, you don't get those violations. But, yeah, please don't ever sign up for, you know, for, for those kind of services because it's, uh, you know, when you get into trouble, that's when you need to go hunt for a lawyer, uh, you know, to, uh, to sign up and to pay a monthly fee just in case you get a ticket. Uh, you may as well go to your family doctor and see if you can sign up for some chemotherapy just in case you may get cancer. You know, it's it's the same kind of same kind of logic. So, yeah, keep your money in your pocket and don't spend it on truck stop lawyers. Yeah, I got a, another way you can get your license suspended and not know it. If you have a if you have a hazmat endorsement, at least in Arizona anyways, if you have a hazmat endorsement and you're coming due for your fingerprints and you do not get that done and you do not inform it, them that you want the hazmat endorsement removed, they will suspend your license yes. until you come in and take care of it. Yeah. Yes. A lot of jurisdictions are like that. So, 
yeah, it's 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 those little details that we need to stay on top of. And isn't it the same and with the, the uh, medical? If your medical isn't oh, up to snuff, they'll suspend it. Ab- yeah. Absolutely. If uh, if you don't have a valid medical card, then uh, or uh, you know your uh, your medical form now done by an approved uh, FMCSA blessed physician practitioner. Uh, yeah, you don't have a driver's license. And Saturday afternoon in Minot, North Dakota, probably ain't a good place to find that out in January. Right. Because it's just not going to be a great place to sit and and to try and fix that. And again, it's going to cause you a, a world of hurt with your carrier. And yeah, it's just don't get on that road. Uh, another uh, another big violation this year for uh, road check, and uh, it's an interesting uh, debate around the lunch counter, is how come they never look at these darn motor coaches that are driving 90 miles an hour past us? Well, there was 398 motor coaches inspected, and uh, 10% were uh, placed out of service. And again, that's like a uh, private. Uh, say? It's uh, it would be uh, 398 commercial coaches. Okay. So that'd be uh, you know tour companies. Uh, they were always uh, uh, you know always uh, a a, a uh, you know a, a segment of the industry that we focused on. When uh, when I was still on the job, because I was a I was a coach inspector, and and yeah, we would go to the uh, to the touristy uh, venues and uh, pick them off after the, as they uh, unloaded their passengers and and got them inspected. So, contrary to uh, to the rumor out there that uh, enforcement doesn't uh, look at these coaches, yeah, actually we do. Uh, we don't make a big deal out of it on the side of the highway because what do you do with 40 senior citizens at a scale site while you're inspecting their bus? It's like herding cats. So it's just a lot easier for everybody, enforcement included, to just deal with them at uh, you know at their point of pickup or their uh, point of departure, and uh, yeah, then. Uh, you know, nobody makes a big deal out of it, and and uh, we don't have to herd forty senior citizens around. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much uh, the road check numbers. Um, you know, they did uh, some hazmat, and my uh, printer didn't uh, didn't uh, print those uh, those stats. So I know that. Uh, for uh, vehicles uh, with hazardous materials, 12.8 were placed out of service for uh, for vehicle-related uh, inspections, and uh, you know, shipping papers were probably the most common uh, offense. Uh, now, for those of you hauling hazmat, again, you've got a bullseye with a placard on the side of your uh, your truck or trailer. And uh, every officer has to do so many hazmat inspections to, uh, to stay blessed. So your odds of being inspected go up greatly when you're transporting uh, hazmat cargo. So take that extra time at the shippers and make sure you've got extra placards and you've got uh, all your paperwork is in order, and you've got your uh, dangerous goods book out, and you've found what product you're hauling, and you've tucked your paperwork in that page, and that paperwork and that book is within easy reach of you while you're tootling down the road, and when you're parked, it is in a prominent spot should there be an issue. 
because first responders really, really need that information. And uh, make sure that you've got extra placards and you're doing your uh, vehicle checks at regular intervals. You're documenting those vehicle checks and your, uh, you know, tires, tire pressure. Uh, take the back of your hand and just try and get close to the hub on the uh, wheel ends. And uh, if a wheel end is about to go south, you'll feel the heat with the back of your hand uh, long before you get burnt and have that addressed ASAP uh, before you uh, before you wind up in, in an incident. Uh, make sure all your placards are clean and visible. The uh, conspicuity tape, the reflective tape on the trailer, it's clean and visible. Your lights are clean. And, uh, you know, if a placard is damaged or comes off, you've got another one there to replace it. And what I did when I transported hazmat freight, uh, when, uh, when I was empty and unloaded and the uh, trailer was cleaned and purged, if, if applicable, and the placards came off, I took those placards and just threw them under my mattress. And uh, I had quite a collection so that if you wound up at a shipper that treated them like gold and only gave you four, well, I had five or six stashed under my mattress that should I need them, uh, you know, they were there. So again, our whole goal here is don't look like a wounded gazelle, look like you know what you're doing and uh, keep your head up and uh, you're out of trouble. Yeah, you know, I got, you, uh, tagged one I got tagged one time because uh, I had the permanent placards, you know, that, uh, you know, there's a little clip yep. that holds them on there, you know, usually you blows them up. And, uh, well, was running through the oil field, and you could see where it had bounced loose and where, I mean, because there was no rust, anything you could see. Anyway, I got pulled over because I had one showing, and, but I only had one showing. Yep. And uh, he, he pulled me over, and, and uh, uh, I had no idea it was on the back. And uh, he said, hey, you know, you got a placard showing on here. What do you got? You know, and I, I said, water. And, uh, you know, I had salt water. And uh, he's like, well, you know, look, you need to fix this. You can see where it, you know, he pointed it out to me. He was nice about it. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he could, very well could have wrote me a ticket for it. Yep. So, and in, but, uh, in, my old, in my old jurisdiction, I would have bet you $695. You didn't need to be showing that. Right. And those are, those are big points on your CSA score. Uh, that you don't need, and and you know another uh, another thing when you're empty, get rid of those placards. If uh, if the container, you know, if you're hauling a van and you're unloaded, then you're cleaned and purged. Uh, if you're pulling a tanker and uh, and it's been cleaned and purged, get rid of those placards because, God forbid, you were involved in an incident. Uh, if you're trapped in that vehicle, you're going to be looking for a responding agency to come and make your life better. As soon as there's placards and dangerous, you know, hazmat freight uh, into the equation, responders take a step back and uh, wait for the appropriate responders to uh, arrive on scene. And, uh, you know, these little volunteer fire departments don't have hazmat units. So it could be a while before help gets there to make your life better. And if you've got an empty trailer and you've still got placards showing, the responding officer is going to uh, take all the precautions in the world for whatever placard you are displaying. And, uh, you know, it's uh, help is going to be delayed. So be, uh, you know, be aware of that. When you're empty, get rid of the placards. When you're loaded, make sure you've got the proper placards and uh, you've got all your paperwork there and, and you're aware of what you're hauling and, and don't keep that your own little secret. If you're involved in an incident, find, uh, find out whoever is in charge if you're out of the vehicle and communicate what you've got and uh, hand them your book and uh, be all the help you can be. 
because again, some of these uh, some of these smaller departments and smaller agencies don't have the uh, hazmat resources that the uh, bigger centers have. Uh, well, they all, we are like out, we time. out of time. We blew right through that hour. Yep. Wow. Well, uh, thank you again, Melissa, for and Russ for everything you guys are doing for the industry, and uh, thanks for everybody for tuning in. And uh, if you've uh, got any questions or concerns, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, Trucking 101 is certainly very active on Facebook. Uh, or you can uh, get a hold of me through Let's Truck. And uh, I'll do my best to uh, help you out. Okay. Thank you once again, Dale. Great show. And everybody else, hopefully we will talk to you next week. Stay safe. And stay compliant. Have a great evening, guys.